This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Picture this, you're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. How's it going, everyone? My name is Omar. Welcome back to that Mill podcast. Hope you're doing well. Joining me today, I have Mr. Mill Fan TV, Kai Bennett. How are you, pal? You right? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. We've obviously not done a show for a week or so. I mean, I missed the last couple as well through commitments and uh, England games and as such other sorts of things. But yeah, it's good to be back in the hot seat today. Uh, look forward to talking about the last couple of games since the international break. Obviously, two draws. Uh, 1-1 on Saturday away at West Brom, which Kai was at, and a 0-0 yesterday away to Swansea. We're going to go straight to part number one now, where we'll be talking about them two games, and obviously part two will proceed to the Coventry game. If you're new around here, be sure to subscribe, like the video, and obviously if you're listening on audio, be sure to leave us a review either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So let's proceed into part one now. And welcome to part number one. As said in the intro there, this is a review of the last two games, Kai. I mean, firstly, let's talk about the West Brom game from Saturday. I already said it was two draws. You was at West Brom Saturday, uh, a 1-1 draw. Obviously, they scored early on in the second half. Had an opportunity to go 1-0 up in the first half, didn't they, on the stroke of halftime. Uh, Bart Bielkowski saving a penalty. I think it was Carlon Grant who took the penalty, ex-Charlton striker. Second half, obviously they scored, Bartley scored early doors. And then um, I think we got our equaliser, didn't we, not long after through Mr. Daniel Ballard. So you was at the game, mate. Tell us how you feel about the day and obviously what it was like, an away day, uh, but obviously the performance as well from Millwall. Yeah, it was a really good performance. Um, you know, I think that, that penalty that they got on the strike of half-time would have been really harsh on us had we gone in 1-0 down. Um, but I don't know, it's hard to tell whether it's a penalty or not, especially when the... You know, I've only really seen it back on Quest and, and on the EFL highlight show. And it's sort of hard. I don't really zoom in very well. So you can't really see whether he clips him. First thoughts were that he went down too easy. But, you know, you can't really see well enough whether you're right or wrong. So, um, yeah, it would have been harsh to go down one, uh, harsh to go in at halftime, one nil down. Obviously, luckily, Bart Barkowski to the rescue. 
mm-hmm. uh, said that too many times, don't we? Um, <laughs> yeah, fantastic save, brilliant save. Um, it was a uh, Grady Diangana, wasn't it? The ex West Ham yeah. player that was just fouled, wasn't it? I think it's one of those ones. And we'll talk a bit by bit, I suppose, about it. But like, obviously, it it was a uh, it was you've seen him given. If that makes sense, like if it was the other way around, and it was Jed Wallace who went down like that, we'd be thinking it's a penalty as well. So yeah. I think it's one of those where like nine times out of ten it's given, isn't it? But yeah, like you said, Bill Kowski made a good save, didn't he? But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's like, is it? Or shouldn't it not be? It's it's one of those, I suppose, difficult coin, isn't it? Yeah, it's difficult because, you know, quite early on into the match as well, Dean Garner had, had dived a few times. So it was sort of one of them ones that you're thinking, has he just dived again there? Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get booking for the for the other ones. But, you know, when the referee he goes down, the rig, he's mode and the ref doesn't give anything. So it's one of them ones I just maybe felt maybe, maybe he did it again. Um, but Bart, Bart to the rescue it was a fantastic save. Um, it was really good to go in half-time at nil-nil. Uh, we could have potentially even gone in one nil up with Jeb Wallace uh, missed a good chance when he was basically put for a goal. Um, I think it was uh, Ajayi who mis- mis- misplaced the header. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously second half, they've scored but a good header from Bartley. Really good header. Nothing Bart could do about that. Uh, but the response was fantastic. It seems like recently that it's taken us to go one nil down to actually start like, you know, starting to play properly. And and when we went, when we went one nil down, we, we were different side. We were, God, we were popping it. Um, West Brom couldn't get near us for about 20 minutes and obviously Ballard scored and it was a fantastic goal fantastic finish and just by the moments before that Murray Wallace could have equalised himself it was a good chance and he's put it past the post but yeah second half was after they scored was was really good and that was really you know felt like they probably could have won it Are you glass half full after that performance then? I mean so I think I agree with you like you know going to West Brom if you said to me before the game would you have took a 1-1 draw I probably would have done you know it's a tough place to go they had a good start to the season I think they were you know, in the top two when we played them, they still are now. I think they have back-to-back draws this week as well, uh, much like us. But it, it was kind of one of those games where there wasn't a lot on offer, was there? I think we've done well to nullify their threat. A lot of people spoke about West Brom, you know, how they play high intensity, try not to ball forward. I thought, you know, our midfield was quite good with Keith and Bell and Savile. And I thought they kind of done well to kind of nullify the threat of a counter-attack or, you know, that direct play from West Brom. But that second half, like you said there, mate, we, you know, we've had chances galore and it was almost a nearly chance. It's just that final ball. And I think that's what Rowett said this week in particular after Swansea yesterday as well. It's just that last part is missing. You know, I think you said about Wallace's chance first half. Shea Ojo made his debut. We'll talk about him in a second. But he had a similar chance in the second half, didn't he? Where, you know, it's a pullback pass. He's through on goal. You're thinking, just stick it away, stick it away. Mm-hmm. And it's just that one last part that was missing, I think, from making it, let's be honest, probably two wins this week if we had, you know, that little bit of end quality, I feel. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think it's easy to say, you know, with the players that are injured and stuff and, you know, we could be better if them players are in. And I think, I, I do honestly think if a Afobi plays that game against um, West Brom, potentially he's the player that gets them two chances, obviously, instead of Wallace and Ojo. And, and even though nine times out of ten, I back Wallace to, to finish them normally. But it was quite a tight angle. So Johnson's come out um, and then the second one, Ojo, is quite tight again. And he's just tried to part, place it around him. But I just feel if, if a phobia was in their position, I feel like a phobia probably would have scored. Um, so, you know, I feel like maybe we're lacking that player, but you can't sort of, I don't don't like making excuses for injured players, um, even though obviously we had them players, I think they make a massive difference, Hutchinson, Danny at the back, especially. Um, but yeah, we could be talking about two wins here, but, you know, a point at West Brom's never a bad result. And then a point at Swansea, you know, probably, you know, is never a bad result either, especially after the long trip to West Brom on Saturday. Yeah, so two two good points. Um, but important we back him up on Saturday with a win against Coventry. So let's talk about Shea Ojo. He unfortunately didn't play yesterday, but we'll still talk about Saturday's game. What did you make of him? I mean, there was a couple of opportunities I felt in the second half where, you know, we mentioned that chance he had the one-on-one, you know, good save by Johnson. You, I agree with you, but, you know, still would have hoped he put it away. Um, if it was Matt Phillips for um, West Brom, I'm pretty sure he would have stuck it away if it was a similar sort of opportunity. But there you go. It's just, it's just the championship. You've got to take your chances when it comes to you. But there was a couple of times where I thought, you know, going forwards, him and Jed Wallace in particular, there was a link up there on the counter where it was quite explosive. And there was one moment I remember in the second half where Ojo, I think Wallace picks out Ojo on the left. Ojo's going full through. Wallace then bombing on behind Matt Smith. Matt Smith then gets the ball. And you're thinking, just look over your shoulder, Smith. And Wallace is right there to kind of, you know, complete the counter attack and hopefully score. Um, I guess I, that's why I agree with you about a phobia. You know, Smith got 90 minutes on Saturday, ran himself to the ground after the game was on the floor, weren't he? And I think, you know, he gave his all. But it's just, if, if that phobia was there, you know, it could have completed a great kind of counter-attacking performance. But I thought Ojo in, spark, in parts, you know, considering he's not played much in pre-season, not obviously appeared for Liverpool, I thought he'd done all right. I, you know, he's a promising kind of player there. Yeah, definitely. I think he's got he's got real good, real pace. Um, 
really good technique as well. He held the ball out well when he got it. Um, he looked to sort of, you know, play with Malone on the left. I think them two would, would, be, would be really good together if we could, you know, get a sort of a, a bond there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and Jed, Jed and Ojo worked really well together. I remember once just, you know, similar to your one where Jed, Jed had the ball and he was running straight at the West Brom defence and Ojo was on the left. And funny enough, Matt Smith was actually keeping up with him, which was quite, quite, quite impressive, actually. Yeah. Um, but then Malone's come bombing down the left as well. And I think Jed's gone, I think Jed's gone Smith through. And I think, oh no, no, Jed's gone to Malone and Malone's crossed it in and Smith's tried like an overhead, like a bicycle, bicycle kick sort of thing. And then, yeah, it's got, it's got blocked. But, you know, there's so many chances where then, where the counter-attack is so effective and, you know, Ojo being, you know, really, really quick and, and with, with a phobie coming back as well and, and Jed obviously, you know, quick as well. So, yeah, it's exciting, especially for away games when we, when we try and counter more. But, yeah, and, and home, home games as well, just as much because, you know, I, I feel like them, them, them three have the quality to unlock a door, maybe with a pass or a bit of skill. So, yeah, it's really exciting with them three. I think any any team with that that that, that front three would be a would be a good good front three. So yeah, please. Even if Mason Bennett comes into that kind of conundrum as well, he fits yeah. that sort of mould, doesn't he? You know, the kind of counter attacking, quick. You know, carries the ball, travels with it as well. I think it's kind of a an early inclination. I feel like of what Wright wants to see from his front three. Um, I'm quite, I quite like you know the last two games. There's a mix of views from the fan base as it tends to be the case. But as we both said there, Kai, you know, two points. We both would have took the, the two points, you know, if you're off to the start of the week. I felt like we should have won at least yesterday. Um, I think that was a game where we could have grabbed it. You know, Swansea didn't win at home, you know, and I feel like it was an occasion where we could have, you know, kind of gone there and kind of stamped our authority on the game. Um, let's talk about that. I mean, obviously, there's one change, I think, or maybe two. No, I think it was just the one, actually, from the no, two from the weekends. Uh, Smith and Ojo out. Ojo has got an illness. I, nothing more said about that. So I don't know if you have you seen about the anything else said about that. It was just an illness, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, mate. I think it's just an illness. I mean, you don't know what Not COVID or we don't, we don't know. That's the thing, isn't it? But yeah. I think it was COVID. I think there'll probably be a few more out I, I, you'd expect due to isolations and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I know the rules have changed. So I'm not quite sure what what would what would happen with that. Uh, but yeah, probably hopefully just a I don't know, just you know, just an illness. And obviously Smith making making way makes sense as well because he ran himself into the ground on Saturday. So an opportunity was offered to Tom Bradshaw and Mason Bennett get his first start since his injury. First appearance of the season, obviously, from the start. Uh, I think he actually didn't even come on on Saturday, did he? So it was his first appearance of the season. Similar team, obviously, the, the rest remained with Bill Kowski, Cooper, Murray Wallace, Ballard, Malone, uh, Billy Mitchell, right wing back, who I've been impressed with the last two games. I felt like he's kind of, you know, showed his kind of versatility in the side and obviously welcome to see him play in the team and get his opportunity. Savon Kieftbird, I mentioned earlier, I thought quite impressive again yesterday. Um, a bit of a problem when you play two in midfield where I think both of them don't have that turn of pace, I feel like. But hopefully that won't be an, an issue on Saturday. You know, we'll have to wait to see with the likes of O'Hare and stuff like Coventry. And then obviously Bennett, Wallace and Bradshaw up front. I think we're just going to jump straight to that opportunity in the second half for Bradshaw. I, I, I think that's just, I want to highlight it because if a phobie was fit, I would have hoped he would have scored it. And it backs up my point from Saturday where, you know, OJ had that chance, Wallace had that chance, Smith could have looked over his shoulder and seen Wallace for the through ball. It, that quality in the final area, it's just, you know, it's easy to blame injuries, but nonetheless, Bradshaw is an opportunity to impress. And just missed that opportunity. He ran himself into the ground on the last night, and I don't fault that at all. But I just wonder what you thought of that chance, and obviously Bradshaw's performance coming to the Saikai. Yeah, I thought he ran himself into the ground, as you said. I thought he worked tirelessly um, to close down that Swansea defence, who kept trying to play out from the back. Um, yeah, but that that chance is is the difference sometimes in the game, isn't it? And obviously, I know, know Obafemi missed a really good chance for them. Um, but you know, it's the difference. Obafemi misses there. Does Brad, if Bradshaw slots that one away? probably walk away with a 1-0 victory because they didn't really look like tested. They didn't really test us too much. They didn't really do much with the possession they had, did they? Apart from a, a late free kick on that bar and that OFME chance. Other than that, they didn't really test us that much. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, it's it's hard because I, I I think I like Bradshaw because I like the way he, he, he runs himself into the ground and he really runs and he, he chases everything. Um, but that chance is a really good one. And I just feel like, you know, Make potentially is he a bit close and, and the keeper's sort of a bit too big there and you know how I guess maybe does he let it come across his body a bit more and open his foot up and let it roll off his foot into the to the right mm-hmm. or does it just hit hit it you know it's, but it's it's a hard one it's you know he'll 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 know himself that he probably should have scored um, but yeah I thought he worked hard but it's just a shame he couldn't have been that he could have been a hero last night yeah very true mate I mean. Uh... 
I don't want to frown upon that because we didn't have many opportunities otherwise in the game. And that kind of is an issue, I suppose, for us, isn't it, Kai? You know, we went to Swansea, albeit, you know, two tough away games, you know, back-to-back, travelling midweek. You can make, you can name all the excuses in the world. Injuries, you know, galore at the moment. Obviously, Ballard went off injured as well yesterday with an eye injury of sorts or just below his eye, wasn't it? A cut to the eye there. Um <laughs> How long can you make excuses, and how? And how, instead, how can you be critical instead of the team? Um, it's a fine line, isn't it? Because I feel like the fan base as well. It, it kind of highlights how I feel now. There's people on one side that blames the manager, negative tactics, looks to stay in the game. I feel like we should address this because you know. And then also the same side, people going, "What do you expect from a team that's got injuries?" A, you know, a team like Millwall that you know can't really push up to the championship top half or as such, you know, try and be in the playoffs. I think I sit somewhere in the middle because. Yes, you can blame injuries. You can blame, um, you know, players being out of form or COVID affecting players, you know, and isolating and who knows what effects that has. But at the same time, you know, the, the tactics were yesterday that we only had one clear-cut opportunity yesterday against a team that's not one at home. They drew nil-nil, I think, gets Hull on Saturday at home. Um, where do you sit on that, Kai? And what's your kind of take on, obviously, the last two games and... Are you glass half full after it or glass half empty? What's your obviously your overriding feeling after the two games? Um, I guess I'm glass half full still. Um, just because I thought that I thought the the draw against West Brom on Saturday was was really good. I thought we played really well, and even though we didn't win it, I felt that to go there and and to push a team like West Brom all the way and nearly you know there won't be too many teams that walk away from the Hawthorns at, at the end of the season and and say you know we should have come we should have come away with a victory or you know mm-hmm. come away with a victory or just even even get a point so you know West Brom would beat, beat a lot of teams at the Hawthorns and I think that you know to go there and and we, I think we did stamp our authority in that game and especially in the second half I thought we were brilliant um and you know I think West Brom will walk away thinking yeah that was a good side they, they were a good side Millwall um you know, to maybe not back it up against Swansea and, and win was a little bit disappointing and maybe it just knocked the, the week a little bit. Um, but I still think positives from yesterday were clean sheet, first clean sheet of the season, which is something yeah. we haven't done yet, which is actually surprising considering how good our defence is. But then again, you look at Hutchinson being out, maybe that's slightly different with Hutchin. So, yeah, it's difficult. It's a fine line but, but between blaming injuries and, you know, realising that the team needs to improve. I think it's a hard one. Um, only I don't think... I, I don't think we'll see the full potential of this side until we have maybe three, four more players back. You know, you know, like your phobies, your you know, Ojo comes back into it, Hutchinson, Danny Mack, and you know, if Ballard can if Ballard's still, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen with Ballard, but just a cut to the eye, you'd hope that it's nothing too serious. But, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Do you think we've got too small of a squad? I can't remember where I saw it on Twitter today, but I remember seeing people debate that maybe we have too much of a smaller squad and the options therefore are limited. I think this is probably the best squad we've had for three or four years with options that we've got. You know, if, you know, we said the injury list, Ojo, um, obviously a phobie, and then, you know, there's two options there that could play up front. Um, again, with Danny McNamara being out, we sold Romeo or obviously loan Romeo out should we have not done that instead maybe and have more competition on, on that kind of side of things but do, do you think the squad numbers are suffice enough to be competing at the top of the championship I think um I remember seeing somewhere someone said like you know like squads like Fulham for example you know they've got unbelievable amount of talent but also a lot of players in there that can go in and do a job and then for us we've got Bradshaw and then we're one injury away from Bodfarson up front you know and we all think what we all think of Bodfarson is quite a unanimous decision amongst all fans in general and even the manager thought it as well because you know the fact that he's on the bench doesn't that highlight you know a weakness in our squad there almost yeah I think it does um maybe our squad is a little bit too small um I think with the championship it's such a demanded league and you have so many games back to back that you might need a few more here and there um you know, and, and did we probably do enough business? Probably not, but could, but we couldn't get out the players that we probably wanted to get out, like Bovarsen. And, you know, if we let Bovarsen, if we get Bovarsen out, then we were able to bring in a couple more probably. Um, so it's it's really hard. Um, but I think that, you know, with a couple more in, um, we could have, we, we, what was obviously with the, with the injuries we've got, it would have really helped us. Um, mm. But then again, you could maybe stake a claim that, you know, instead of sending Tyler Bury out on loan, um, Maybe he'd have been really handy to have at this sort of time. I know obviously he's injured now, but um, but you know I think the way he started the season at Hartlepool shows the talent he is, and and maybe hopefully next year he'll come back just just hopefully a better, even better player than he is now. 
And um, yeah, but I, I think maybe maybe there is one or two short, but I think that might be due to the fact that we couldn't get rid of players. Maybe I think Raul probably wanted to do a little bit more because he did so, did talk about another striker, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, after we signed, I think it was a phobie, but obviously he never got that one done because I don't think he could shift enough players out. But yeah, we've got as you, I absolutely agree with what you said. I think we've got the best squad we've had in, in many in, in a lot in a lot of years. Um, with the, with the options we've got and with a fully fit squad, I no doubt that that this club that this squad is is can can do great things. But it's, obviously at the moment it's hard with with the players we've got out. I just feel like it's deja vu because we had the exact same scenario last year with injuries, and I'm not for one second saying that right. It's hiding behind these injuries and saying this is the sole reason why things ain't going well. You know, I think he was quite critical to play yesterday. They're saying the end product, the final ball, the same with West Brom on Saturday. That's what's missing at the moment. Um, but then you know he's saying you know every time someone comes back, we lose two more. Every time we get two more back, there's three more that get injured. It's like well, we had the same scenario last year. You know, like. And I think the season before last even, we had a similar sort of thing. And it's like, if, okay, if we've got these injuries, I know we work onto a tighter shoestring budget, but you've kind of got to eliminate that kind of from happening. You know, you've got Mitchell out on loan. Um, could Mitchell potentially be an option for centre-back to stop Pierce potentially playing? You know, if you because if, that could be an issue if, if Pierce plays, not to criticise the player again. Um, the same thing up front, you know, could we have Tanto on the bench? Could we have Bury available? I'm not saying that, that, you know, it's a hard kind of balance because you want these players to go out online and play games and play football and go out and get great experiences in the league too. I think, you know, Mitchell's played every game for Leighton Orient since he's gone out online, which is superb. And, you know, you just know he's going to go from strength to strength because of this loan spell. But it's just, I think, if he's going to hide behind the injuries, then I think he he, he has more control over the transfers than, than a lot of managers do in the, in the football league and championship in particular. He could do something to stop it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and no, I agree. I think, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, what? how many have we got out? Is it seven? Seven or eight now, isn't it? Um, obviously, I think that includes Isaac Olaf as well. Um, obviously, he's going to to, to Sutton uh, once he's once he's fit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's tough. I think, you know, maybe maybe Isaac's ready. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really hard because, obviously, National League is a big jump between the National League and the Championship. Um, but we've seen before that players like Gregory can make a, a step up to League One from, from there. Uh, Morrison, the same. So it's difficult, um, you know, but you have to, I think it's important to for players to get, you know, their development and players like Isaac and Tyler and Alex Mitchell and Sean O'Brien. It's important that they go out and, and, and get experience and get really good experience because when they do that, they'll come back a better player because of all the time they've got on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's important they, they get the time and they get the, um, you know, that, that game time. Um, but yeah, I think we are a couple short and, you know, but the thing is, is, is the the difficult thing is that if we if we've got a full squad, we're probably sat here and we're not saying that. So it's sort of it's just because of our you know injuries that we're saying that. And you know, if we sat here with only one or two out, then we're probably not probably not going to say that. So it's you know it's only because of the fact that we've got these players out, which is the reason we're probably bringing it up. Well, yeah, but obviously my point is again to the last season we was in a similar situation. Yeah. It's like, and I get it. Like it's obviously a common theme. If players are injured, they're injured. Um, but you know it's it's unfortunate because obviously Hutchinson would play, Danny Mack would play, you know Afobi would play, and probably Ojo would play. So then you've got four starting players out the side, and then Ballard. It's unclear what's happening with him, isn't it, at the moment? But hopefully, I'm sure it's, if he's swelling just beneath the eye, hopefully it's a case of that. You know he might have to wear something protective on his face, and hopefully he plays Saturday. But it's just yeah, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? It's it's. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a tough one. It's a tough position to be in. I think I mentioned Ballard there, but we didn't talk about his goal on Saturday. I think we should do that before we end up part one. What a header, mate. Unbelievable goal. You was there, obviously. What was it like the away end when that guy went in, mate? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, especially after, you know, they went ahead and, you know, obviously that happens at away grounds. You know, after Bart saves that brilliant, brilliant stop, you know, we, you know, it was a fantastic save and it was, you know, great scenes in the away end. And obviously they score, they're on top. You know, and you think you you sort of worry and thinking, you know, a team like West Brom could maybe go out, could go and and you know finish the game off. Um, but our response was fantastic, and we deserve that goal. When that goal went in, it was just sort of brilliant to see that we've actually made our dominance count because we we dominated that second half and we made that sort of ten minute spell where we scored. You know, we made it count, so it was really lovely to score, uh, lovely to see, and fantastic goal. And yeah, brilliant scenes in the away, and it was f- fantastic. I think you might have gone on. Yeah, here. what a header! Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd mute myself on my mic there, but there you go. I've done a Mickey Simpson there, well, mate. What, <laughs> what's a what's a header? Unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? I think obviously Wallace scoops it back in after a corner from the back post, um, and then he's there to like head it over players, but also into the 
back of the net in the far corner. I mean, if he'd done that a hundred times, he probably would only be able to do that about five times the same yeah. position. It's just unbelievable timing and a great celebration as well when he hops over the hoarding boards as well to get involved with fans. I thought it's worth the booking, isn't it, in that sense? <laughs> it was a fantastic goal and brilliant celebration. Um, yeah, it was a really, really good finish. And funny enough, it was a bit of deja vu there because two years ago when we drew 1-1 to West Brom at the Hawthorns, the corners come in and I think we had a penalty shout, I think it was. It's gone all the way out. It's carried on. Jed's put another ball back in and eventually falls to Smith. So there's a little bit deja vu there, the way that the ball's gone all the way over. Jed's put it back in. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a great goal um, and he was well-deserved. He's been immense since signing for Arsenal, I think. He's been really, really good. And, you know, it's one of them ones, you know, can we... Obviously, it's going to be tough to turn it into a permanent deal, but it'll be a fantastic uh, bit of business if we could. It's that catch-22 scenario of lone players. The better they play every game, the more their value goes up. The yeah. more you think, OK, we're not going to sign them anymore. So we'll have to yeah. wait and see. I think that probably brings a natural end to part one here. We've got uh, our third, tri third of the tripod coming in for part number two. He's just joined our green room. So um, we'll be back in a second with part number two and the preview of Coventry. And welcome to part number two of the show. As mentioned, uh, we've got a third member in this call and he's currently looking down at his phone and hopefully he's going to say hello. Hello, Mickey. You're about hello. Yeah. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. Not too thanks, bad at all, mate. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. It's all good. Better late than never, but it's all listen, right. Listen, listen. You know the reason why. I had to. <laughs> I had to go pick up a half pipe for my daughter, and I had to go dismantle a twenty foot by eight foot half pipe. Uh, then load it in a van. Then drive back from Surrey to my house. Then unload it, and then load it in the back garden. So. Um, yeah, I do apologise for being late, listeners. But if, um, if, if you're in need of a BMX or skateboarding area in the, in the Kent vicinity, hit up Mickey <laughs> Simpson, and I'm sure he'll be in touch to let you know the rights of to rent it off him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got to build the fucking next. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like this could be a little part-time hobby of yours, mate. I, I can see it coming already. People inquiring about the rights to build it and everything, mate. So um, I'm sure you'll update us on the next show. <laughs> yeah, how I'm you got on? I, I might do a video of how to build one. <laughs> anyway mate um part one we just spoke about the last two results I, I guess we'll ask you just initially obviously your thoughts after the last two games before we um fly into commentary on saturday i mean two draws me and kai were kind of not sure if we we're glass half full or glass half empty but what was your take obviously after west brom and swansea mate i think west brom we did well west, west brom looked you know we were we were really good i think we were starting to really gel and it, and it looked you know we were unlucky i mean we had a few chances but um I think we're going in the right direction. And yesterday, yeah, I mean, look, yesterday the first half was boring. The second half weren't too bad, um, but we just we we just weren't clinical in front of the goal. You know, we were, you know, we weren't just. We could have really tied it up yesterday. And with West Brom, we could have finished those games off if we had just that clinical expertise in front of the goal. And we just haven't got it. Whether or not you know it's going to gel and stuff, but um, yeah, no, look. I'm I'm not I'm not around it out yet. Um I weren't last year, but I think, you know, his football needs to go. But I mean if you watch the interviews he's done, he's still saying, you know, I haven't really been able to pick the team I want to pick because of injuries and everything else. So I'm you know. smirking because you haven't listened to part one, but that is exactly the tone of the conversation me and Kai had the whole way through. Where do we sit on what sides? Do we think Rarit's to blame? Do we think the injuries are a valid excuse? 
do we think and also the clinical edge in the final in the final third we also discussed that mate so i think you sum up how exactly me and kai feel i'm not sure i think i feel I mean, like your glass half full by the time your voice starts. yeah I think no, you definitely. think there's more to come yeah because i think i think some of the players um especially with Savile, i think covid's hitting harder than what we know um and i think you know that some of these guys what have had covid there are potentially still in issues you know, they're mm -hmm. still not fully fit. And I think, you know, whether or not they got long COVID or, you know, bits and pieces, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, I was speaking to a couple of people this week who are, are sport-related as such, and they were saying, you know, that, you know, having two weeks off with COVID could potentially put you back three, four months because by the time you get back to being able to get fitness and then gain your match fitness and everything else, and it does knock you for six. So, you know, because... You can't necessarily take a lot of the medication off the shelf because it will put you on, you know, banned substances and stuff like that. So they've got to pretty much suffer it. So um, I do think yeah. Savile's been back to his uh, better best the last couple of games, though. I think the I end think product of final throw is not there, but I think defensively he's been, you know, running around and putting effort yeah. in. I think and I think he's getting there. Well. Yeah, I think the next, you know, next couple of games I think he'll be there, but he obviously isn't fit enough for else he would have played in Northern Ireland. True. Who knows? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Northern yeah. Ireland doesn't yeah. have a choice of players and they would have definitely had Savile in their team if he was fit enough. So mm -hmm. it points that I just don't think he's fit enough. Injuries, fuck knows what they're doing training. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It seems to me as if they're fucking do wrestling at training and they just get injured all the time. But, you know, nice to see Leonard coming back and others. So, yeah, we'll see where we go from there. Definitely a glass half tone, uh, glass half full tone. Yeah, definitely, from, um, definitely, definitely. From Mickey there. Okay, so, um, mate, Let's ask you about uh, Saturday's game, Coventry. Uh, they are currently fourth place in the table, although, you know, the table doesn't always read the true story after seven games, but it's still a good indication of a good start to the season from them. Five wins, two defeats. Uh, they've won their last two home games back-to-back -back there. I think it was Cardiff last night, a 1-0 win, and a 2-0 victory against Middlesbrough on Saturday, who are both teams that a lot of people fancy to be up on the top of the round table, around the table. Um it's going to be a tough game, isn't it, Mickey, on Saturday against Coventry, a side that normally do well against us as well. Yeah. Um, as long as we don't get spanked again, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, which they've got a habit of. No, I think... Um, I think we might do all right with him. I think, you know, defensively, we're not so bad at the minute. You know, we've had a few scares. But, you know, we're not doing too bad. We haven't really... Um, I think we scored every game, haven't we? Um, uh, yeah, no, look, I think we deserve a bit of luck. Um, hopefully there'll be a good crowd there on Saturday. And I reckon, yeah, I reckon I reckon we're winning. I'm going to go with probably 2-1, I think. And I think, yeah, we'll we're, we're, we're beat Coventry, gain some bragging rights and, um, and move on and just start slowly going forward. As soon as we start getting the players back in, we'll go. I don't... I don't really want to go too negative yet, because um, the season's early. And if we if we show our hand now and just moan like fuck, then we'll have nothing for the later part of the season to do. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep glass half full or half empty, whichever way you want to do it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think we'd be all right Saturday. I'll go for two one. Okay, I like it, mate. Uh, it's Jed and Jake. Uh... Jed and Jake to score. Fair enough. I mean, obviously, Kai, we said briefly about commentary start to season. Uh, obviously, they won yesterday against Cardiff. Uh, Fancy Dabo also got sent off, which you said to me, obviously, before we start recording as well. Um, they're going to be tough, ain't they, tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow, Saturday. Well, it is tomorrow when the show goes out anyway. Um, they're going to be a tough side for us to come up against. And obviously, like I said, you know, our form against them in recent times isn't so good either, is it? So it'll be a tough game. Yeah, it will be a tough game. And, and the, the formation they tend to play, I'm just looking here, is it tends to be a 3-5-2. So, Sort of, you know, I know we play sort of a five-two-three or five-three-two, so it tends to them sort of formation. They tend to they cancel each other out, which then then it comes to who's got the better players on the pitch, um, mm. you know, who can unlock a door. Um, and I think it depends if if Ojo's playing and you know Jed's obviously playing, and you know, and I think I think Saturday will come too soon for a phobie, um, but maybe maybe you might see him on the bench. You never know. Um, you know, someone like a Smith or a you know, probably Bradshaw won't it be? Um, but yeah, we need to create some chances. Um, get the you know play play some you know attacking football. Get the get the fans, give the fans something to cheer about. Um, I think we do that. I think we'll um, I think we'll win the game. And I'm going to go Millwall one, uh, Coventry nil. Jeb Wallace to get the goal. 
Ooh, I like it, mate. Uh, excuse me whilst I put my dog down on the floor because um, she is acting like a little bit of a diva. But yeah, I think uh, two win predictions, lads. What's going on? What, what's this? What's the foundation of this on? Just pure optimism or confidence? Or Just come pissed on, off, pissed off with losing, and I think that the team are showing some form of, you know, of getting there. Um, and yeah, no, I think I think we're due a win. Yeah. I like it. Mine's more blue, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always I'm always positive about Millwall. Always positive. Yeah, so. but supporting Millwall, it's always hope. There is yeah. no other thing that gets you through, mate. You That's know, true. never take anything for granted. It's always fucking hope. My missus is sitting in the background, pissing herself, laughing when I sit there and said, you know, supporting Millwall is all about hope, mate. It's never guaranteed. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you never. I mean, I see. I am. I'm optimistic we'll put on a good performance. I think injuries have limited us, and I don't want to hide. I, and I said in the first part, Mickey, I'm not hiding behind the injuries, but at the same time, if Grant thinks it's a problem, why don't he fix it in the summer and keep some players here or buy a couple more players or look to get some, some more signings in? I say buy, you know, free transfers could have been an option maybe as backup options if necessary. But I think, um, I do think it will limit us against a side like Coventry, where, you know, I think we'd be looking to take advantage of them on the counter attack again. I look at our options. Bradshaw, if Phoebe's fit, if Phoebe's not fit, sorry, is it going to be Smith? Um, we're relying on Wallace basically to turn up and put the goods in, lads. That's my opinion about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it's always been the tone, you know, if Wallace didn't put that ball in on Saturday for Ballards, you know, would we have scored? Um, Wallace is on three goals a season already as well. well we've we've only scored how many goals all season have we scored? Seven goals. And, you know, Wallace's some... involvement is key to be seen. I mean, Kai, you do South London. You probably got a bit more insight than what we have. Is um, is Ballard injured now, or is he okay after last? Um, night? it seems unclear. To be fair, just Rowett reckons it was just a cut to the eye. He went to hospital last night. Um, there was a couple of articles about it this morning. Um, so I'm not sure. We're just I was speaking to Omar about it before. I wonder whether you know. I don't know what a cut eye means in terms of injury. You know, diagnosis or length. So I'm assuming it'll just hopefully. Be a hopefully a stitch up and then hopefully because he said post match he's not concussed he said he's not yeah. concussed and also it's below the eye so my hope is he's fit for Saturday and maybe that's the way protective we I said that in the first part as well maybe that's the way protective kind of I don't know a head mask or something silly um, but hopefully he plays look alleged, uh, you know obviously I don't think the fella did it as such on purpose allegedly I, I don't think he did but it did look as if it was. You know, the art of dark arts. It was weird though, wasn't it? Because he literally was the player was falling, falling to the floor and, and then had his arm his up arm there. Back. Yeah, it was it was it was a bizarre one, but yeah, the ref like said, foul, did he? So, uh, ref, I don't think the ref gave a foul, did he? Because I think they were a counter, weren't they? I think if anything, he gave a foul to them. I think yeah. I could be mistaken. Yeah, I think because yeah. Ballard brings him down, doesn't he? Oh, he goes for the tackle, brings well, him down, think, and the arm know. goes out. So yeah, it's, I, don't it, think, I don't think he really brought he just lent into him, didn't he? And then he just sort of like the other fella lost his balance and went down, but he definitely fucking threw his arm back. It's six of one half does the other, I feel like. It's 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 unfortunate for Ballard's. You know, obviously he's had a good start to the season on the high. Obviously, international break scored a goal, and then obviously he scored a goal for us on Saturday, which is obviously you know it's, it's tough build to swallow in that sense, and it's just a st- more of our season so far, really, injuries. So um But we have I'll injuries give... every season, the last Correct. season. That's, so, that's my point. So that's you know point. the question has to be is the training ground too hard or doesn't have the right facilities um, and is causing injuries or are we just playing too hard? And the only thing I'm worried about with commentary is that we seem to be really sloppy on set pieces. We seem to just be letting goals go in from set pieces. Um, You know, general play, we're not too bad. And, And last night, fuck me, Bart was on fire. Yeah. He was. He's been good the last two games, hasn't he? I think yeah. we didn't really mention him, but he has been in good form. And I think people were a bit critical of him after the first few games, thinking, is he a bit, you know, can he still perform to the high level standards he sets himself? But he's definitely kicked on yeah. um, the last couple of games. I'll give my prediction as well before um, Mickey has a little uh, rant about a, um, obviously, yesterday's events off the pitch. Uh, there was no events, well, but, you know, the, just yeah, just social media, social media riff raff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Social media riff raff. That's what I'll say instead. Um, I think we're going to draw. I hate to say it. I'm not, uh, <laughs> I think we're going to get our fifth draw of the season on Saturday. I think it's going to be 1-1. I think we're going to take the lead and then the last 10 minutes they're going to score a goal. I'm sorry. I, that sounds glass half empty, but, you know, I suppose we'll be three unbeaten after that. So, well, three draws in a row, four unbeaten in the league. So, 
positives, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, go on, Mickey, take it away with um, social media uh, and obviously what you think in general about a certain topic. <laughs> no, look, you know, I just, I think filming at football is highly questionable on the best of terms. You know, okay, to a degree, if you want to record the goals, um, that's up to you. I mean, we sometimes record crowd reaction or if we've, if we've video, maybe we might use it for the channel. But as a rule, you don't really do because you're too busy celebrating to fucking worry about it. Um, it's just getting to a stage where everybody's everybody wants to be, you know, oh, I want likes, I want retweets, I want this, that and the other. And the trouble is, is that most of you... Most of you fucking idiots, and I'm sorry, I'm going to call you fucking idiots who who video stuff when it kicks off or 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 other stuff at football, especially like a bit of trouble or a bit of fucking handbags. You videoing stuff are providing the police with such good evidence that you're going to get people locked up. And in my eyes, you're nothing but a grasp because you're videoing people. Um, you're posting that image on social media. You're letting whoever they want copy your videos and post it. People like Away Day and, and all these other channels will just pump stuff out for content and keep pumping it out, pumping it out, pumping it out. As soon as you put it online, the old Bill's got algorithms what pick it all up. They've already saved it. And there's the evidence. And the trouble is, is that, you know, fans you sit next to who potentially do something at football for whatever reason you're suddenly giving the police the evidence to lock them up. And and the trouble is, is that some of the footage might not be good enough for to go into a criminal court, but they use it in the civil court to get people football banning orders. And, and you know, I mean, I've, we've got another show coming up shortly over the next two weeks or so with a, um, a football lawyer and, uh, and someone from the FSS Fair Cop, where we'll be talking about it in a lot more detail. But, you just got to stop videoing. If you want to video it, video it. But don't post it around. Don't mm -hmm. put it on, on WhatsApp groups and, you know, Twitter and Facebook and everything else because what's the point? Uh, you know, if you're that desperate for likes and retweets, then post a video of, of the team on the pitch. Post a video of limbs in the crowd if you really want it. But videoing kickoffs outside just for doing it you're getting people locked up and that's fact there's people on bail now because of you limbs in fact. the crowd i like it mate that's well, terminology you know i don't thought you'd say limbs yeah. in the crowd i agree yeah. with you to be fair like but also it's a catch trade too because it's the it's the environment and the world we're brought up in as in i was the same a few years ago probably when i was like 13 14 i'd want to record the goals and stuff like that when i got older i realized that i was missing the moment and i've not done that for many years now where like you know i went to the euros i, I could have had my phone out and filmed sh uh, the penalty shootout why would i do that i want to remember it myself being embraced into it and stuff like that and it, I, I do get people that do it and i'm with you um but for me like i kind of told myself a few years ago like stop doing that there's no point I, I don't i don't really get much for satisfaction out of watching it back it's you're kind of thinking why are you doing that that kind of thing and you miss these moments where you think you could be grabbing the nearest person near you and having an absolute kind of you know a carnage moment really where you celebrate a goal um and as for um filming trouble it's the same thing that happens in public where you see someone get picked on in the street and someone's filming it in the street standing there people do it i don't know why they think it's like some sort of evidence or something it, it, it's stupid really um whereas you know it's not you know people rather some people want to go in there and sort it out instead themselves do you know what i mean well, it's it's you know I it's, think it's, so, social media is the is the real the culprit it's the social well, I think, media i think at west brom i think there was an awful lot of people um who were videoing stuff and unfortunately i think they needed to go to Deptford market and the light mate to get new screens for their phone come come the sunday um because i you know i think unfortunately they dropped a few of their phones um mm -hmm. you know maybe you know i think there was a big crowd moving and surging and, and unfortunately not phones out of people's hands but you know i i just think there's, there's no point filming the trouble because all you're doing is gonna you know you're giving you're giving the police you're doing the police's work for them, mate. You're giving them the evidence. And as soon as you post it online, you've given them the evidence, mate. And that's it. And the trouble is now with phones as they are, you're recording in 4K. You know, you're you're recording in decent quality footage, which is much better than most of their, their you know, 
their body cam photos, their videos, and, and you know, you're just doing their work for them. Just stop. Just stop fucking being a fucking a like hag. Do you know what I mean? You're just turning into just being, you know, you want retweets and likes. You're just a bit of a slag, mate. Just fucking leave it alone. It's social media, mate. I agree. It is. I, it's I mean, social it's media. Pop, That's all it is. It's the same as pop concerts and all that. People go to, you know, people pay silly money to go watch a superstar and then they spend the whole time watching the concert through their mobile phone. Yeah, it's true. It is very true, mate. It's but like I said, and I think it's only going to get worse as like you know technology comes forward, and that, that's just that's the way it is. And I suppose that's one thing I like about Millwall because in general, Millwall you don't normally get people sitting on their phones filming stuff like that. You know, it's if you guys don't weigh in normally, it, it's far from that really. But um, the demographics of Millwall fans are changing. Our fan base is getting you know we're getting we're attracting more and more youngsters. We have a an image, so you get some people what would go just to try and see if there is any trouble to to you know make a video and this that and the other and it's just like it is what it is mate did you not see um, the outrage the outrage when they used the term drip yesterday um on their on their twitter again, again why <laughs> do you know what i mean you know it, it's millwall is millwall why are we using fucking gangster slang i mean when we done the new kit video we had people in the video doing you know fucking street signs and all this you know fucking we're, 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 what's the fucking point when millwall why if you're but, really attracting youth, if you if you're attracting the more younger hipster and all this sort of image you're going for, then great. But stop using thing because you're alienating half your fucking fan base already. Half of them don't. I reckon there's probably 60, 70 percent, maybe more of our fan base fucking didn't have a clue what drip meant. They probably think it's something else. Do you know what I mean? They probably think it means dipstick or fucking plonker. Not fucking really cool. Do you know what I mean? Look at the fucking thread on this. Do you know what I mean? Just. Maybe we need to do a show, mate. You know what I mean? A brief part of the show where we're, we're just fucking, we just educate people on, on loads of um, gangster hip slang for when, when Millwall does it, rather than having to Google it, you'll already know it because uh, we, we keep you up, up to date with all the latest slang. We'd have to do, uh, I think what we could do, mate, we'd do the 2021 UK slang compared to the, 20, the, say, the 1980s UK slang, and then we'll just do a comparison and see what different yeah, terms yeah. mean nowadays as well, don't we? Um, Kai, do you have a good drips, do you? Or that's the right word? I don't know the right, know the right word is. I've, I've heard, heard the term before, definitely before, but it's not something I use. I think I don't even know if I used it in the right context there, saying if you've got good drips, but it's just yeah i don't know would you be tweeting that if you was running the middle twitter handle <laughs> no, cause I, to be fair until the other day i didn't have a clue what it meant either i had to search it up as well and i'm 17 and kai's the youngest out of all of us here and he doesn't even know what it is either so there you go i'll take it <laughs> here we go here we go from from the dictionary if you have the drip it means you have swagger especially in how you look you're hot you're cool you're on point you got the sauce is it a uh, good? Is it good clubber? What we normally add normally say? Uh, if you got good clubber, no, or that, that's the equivalent. Yeah, of yeah. If you, previous if you times, at, past times. If you look on Urban Dictionary, it's the um, objective to describe your outfit, similar to go. swag, yeah. sauce, etc. So, so it'll be it. The the way to say it is, man, my outfit is dripping right now. <laughs> It's, it, instead, it'd be good club or, or check your arms out. I suppose maybe no, you know you look. You check, it, you know I mean? it, the, boy, so. the boy's got style. Do you know what I mean? That's that's I think that that to me, mate. You know, if I if I went in the pub and said, "So fuck me, you you got good cobber on today, fella," uh, I, I'd probably go, "Yeah, cheers, mate." If I walked yeah. in there and said, "Fuck me, you're dripping." I'd probably get a slap. So if you're listening, whoever runs the real Twitter handle, I want to see a tweet on Saturday going, check our garms out or site stupid. Like, Look at the garms. Like. <laughs> yeah, we want we yeah, on Saturday we want clobber photos, all right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I, we we should maybe say we can also correct. We should also correct the middle Twitter handle every time I do a tweet. We'll just quote it with what it should be instead, or something. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll paraphrase yeah. it. So when if it says, us, yeah, if yeah. you want us to translate Millwall, the, the official Millwall <laughs> channel, just just let us know. Tell us on social media. Uh, um, drop us, you know, drop us a message. Drop us whatever, and, and tell us, yeah, you want us to do it, and, and we'll do it. We, we might put a poll out and see, but I think, I think that's the way we're combat it with with correction, like the grammar police out there. Maybe we just become the urban slang massive. There you go, mate. I like your uh, idea there. I think we'll do it. We'll, we'll have to do it definitely. Um, anything else you two want to add before we round up the show today? No. We got a special guest on Sunday doing uh, joining us for doing a match review. We do. Um, do we tell you who it is, or do we leave it a surprise? Make people tune in and listen. Maybe leave it a surprise. 
Former player. That's all we'll say about that. Former <laughs> player who's played for both teams playing on Saturday. There you go. Like it. Um, yeah, that, I think that's the best teaser you can give, mate. And like, people kind of try and work that one out. If you think you know who it is, put it in the comment section below. And uh, yeah, I, um, I think we'll leave it at that. If you're new around here, guys, like I said at the start of the show, be sure to like the video and subscribe. If you're listening on audio, be sure to leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on social media at That Mill Pod. Uh, drop us an email, thatmillpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch. And obviously, check out our website, thatmillpodcast.co.uk. Uh, thanks for coming in, Mickey, on your, uh, you know, I know you had a busy day today, mate, so I appreciate you coming along and uh, giving us some wisdom as always, mate. No, 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 no problem at all, fellow. It's always a pleasure. And uh, thanks, Kai, as always, for popping in today, mate, as well, and, uh, you know, give us a little recap from West Brom on Saturday. No worries, mate. I really enjoyed it. So thanks for watching, guys. We'll be back on Sunday for our next show, and we'll see you then. Sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.